Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard, sporting my maroon pullover right now. Got a Mississippi State uh, official issue hoodie on right now. It's cold and starved. Well, got up this morning 35 degrees. Had to get up early. That's why you're hearing this show so much earlier. Had to get up early to bring the kid to uh, to school for a, a school trip. Big day. Big day in Starkville today. And it started really early for me. It started before uh, daybreak. Matter of fact, it's still dark in uh, in Starkville. And so uh, a lot going on today. We're going to break down the whole day. This is a, a kind of a program-defining weekend in many respects for Mississippi State. So many things to kind of cheer for and root against and root for. NCAA Women's Tournament is already underway. The Women's Tournament gets underway today huge, huge baseball series and some big news out of Auburn that uh, could impact the series and ultimately the SEC chase because this is such a huge weekend. Uh, looks like Mississippi State 
um, will avoid seeing uh, one of Auburn's top arms this weekend. Uh, so we'll get into all that. We'll kind of break all that down. Uh, I'll remind you guys too. There's so many. There's so many great things going on and things to feel good about. Today is one of those days. It's all going to kind of converge at one time, and uh, even in the press box of baseball, we're going to have one TV on the women's game, one game TV on the men's game, and um, the way that we're going to break things down today, we don't have anybody in San Jose, and that is unfortunate, and uh, really kind of disappointed in how some things kind of worked out for us. We, we were planning to cover the men's tournament, expecting to go to Tulsa or to Jacksonville, and then those options were not available to us. So we don't have anybody covering them in in person. There will be some network stories. We will kind of gather some of those things. Um, Paul Jones will be kind of monitoring all that for us. And then Robbie Falk is going to have the women's baseball gamer. Dave Murray will have the baseball gamer. I will have post-game video from both events. And then Gene Swindell, of course, will have the picture. So uh, there's all hands on deck. We're going to get everything covered for you. All their Gene's page. But... Uh, but it is going to be a weekend that, as a fan, there's going to be a lot to keep up with, especially today. Once we get through today, we'll have a pretty good idea of how the rest of the uh, the weekend should go. But this is a huge, huge day. And my hope is that you're well-rested. I am not. I am not well-rested. Uh, a little bit resentful about that. But that's 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 that's, that's part of the, the daddy job description, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, I'll... I'll uh, All's fair, I guess, but, uh, but be that as it may, I want to thank our fine sponsors, Campus Bookmark, been with me a long time, Love Stan, Ray, uh, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there, they will treat you like family because you are family, it's as simple as that, you won't get a brighter smile in Starkville than the one you get when you walk in Campus Bookmark, they're happy you came, it's like going to Cheers, you know what I'm saying, it's like you go in there, everybody's happy you come in, and the best thing about Campus Bookmark is they keep such fresh inventory in there, because they stay busy, there's something you might have seen there a month ago that's already kind of rotated out. They keep it fresh. There's always something new. There's the latest in maroon and white fashions, latest in maroon and white novelty items, things for your home, your automobile, your pet, whatever. You can get whatever you need, Mississippi State related there at Campus Bookmart. And if you can't make it to town, we encourage you to shop online at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. And that phrase is BSR. That's your promo code, BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And get free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Get your March Madness shirts from Campus Bookmark today. And I'm going to tell you, I want to see you guys out there at Duty Noble Field this year. Uh, that's one of the, the, the funnest things about being a Mississippi State fan is baseball season. Because we do it better than anybody else. It's as simple as that. And I I can make the argument, because I am somewhat envious, that the LSU head baseball coaching position is probably the best in the country for college baseball. But we have taken some steps to kind of catch them. And uh, talking to some people around the uh, media beat the last couple days, you know, I want what LSU has. I've been very open about that. Very, very, very envious. Very have such a healthy level of respect for, for LSU. But I'm a little bit jealous, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the fact that we don't have a national championship and they have several bothers me. But uh, I believe our first one is coming. And you know what? As soon as we get our first one, as great as that's going to be, I'm going to want the second one because uh, I'm, I'm greedy. But I'll tell you, the, when we get our first one, no matter if it's women's basketball or baseball or whatever, when we get that first one, that's going to be such a defining moment for so many of us. I can't wait for it to happen. We will be such unbelievably poor winners because we have been through so much over the years. 
when we finally get to hoist the, the national championship trophy. Uh, I, I've joked with my wife before, whenever we do that, whatever that scene is, I will probably have that tattooed over my heart. That's how much it means to me. Uh, so excited about that, to say the least. But um, I want to remind you guys, too, when I see you out at the Duty Noble Field, I'd like to see you guys wearing the Stark Villain shirt. There's so many of those great options to choose from. You can go to StarkVillain.com. And uh, the folks at Deep South Pout and I have a great partnership. Very, very happy to, have, to be affiliated with them. It's a quality organization. You, you know their, their little store downtown. It's outstanding. And so now the, uh, the same folks that, are, that, that helped them help me. And so, again, go to StarkVillain.com. And uh, you can get T-shirts. You can get long-sleeve shirts. You can get hoodies. Uh, there's lots to choose from. You can get uh, a variety of colors there. And uh, beginning to get to see some pictures. I have people that are messaging me and showing me their pictures of them wearing their Stark villain gear. Uh, the book will be out sooner than you realize. I'm still kind of finalizing some things. Matter of fact, finished up a chapter on Nico Whitley yesterday. Really excited. Nico is one of my favorite players, guys. I really, Nico is such a great story. And uh, he talked in depth about the 2013 Egg Bowl and, uh, and about that season. And you may, you may recall Nico got injured against Oklahoma State and played hurt the entire year. And so he takes us through that, and he takes us through those final two games. You remember with, with him stripping the, the ball with Alex Collins against Arkansas. Arkansas is driving to put the game away in the fourth quarter. Nico comes up, rakes it out there, and we get to overtime. We win the game Tavez Calhoun with the game-clinching interception. God bless Tavez Calhoun. Love that guy, man. Absolutely love him. Last scholarship in the class. The best belly-to-back suplex this side of Mid-South Wrestling, man. I love Tavez Calhoun. I really do. I love that guy. And when I, anytime I see him, he's always the first guy to speak. Always comes up. And what a great ambassador for our program. But um, Tavez with the pick. And, and then, of course, um, who could forget Nico's big uh, Bo Wallace moment. And uh, so he takes you through all that. And so he, he really – it's it, it's, a, it's a long, lengthy chapter. But I'll tell you, every, every time I write a chapter, I think – this is the best chapter in the book. But I'll tell you, after writing that one, uh, I got done with it. And before I even had let my wife read it, I said, man, I said, I absolutely nailed this one. This is such a great story. And Nico did such a great job on his end of it. Because, uh, you know, people forget that uh, he tore his ACL two games into his senior season uh, in, in high school. And uh, then there's the coaching change. You know, Coach Croom and his staff are out going. Dan Mullen, you know, if Dan had said, you know what, Nico, we um, – we're going to have to go sign 25 healthy players, man. You know, good luck with everything. Everybody would have kind of understood, but that's not what happened. And uh, and then you look at the career that Nico had at Mississippi State. It's it's just incredible. And um, if there was ever a team guy, it was Nico. And when you read that, that that's really the undercurrent. There's a couple things in the story that I won't give away right now. But uh, when you read that, you begin to think, man, this guy loved Mississippi State, loved the game of football, and did what he had to do to help his team. And uh, so – that story will be out, and uh, excited for you guys to read the book. Every time I write something, I always think that this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And then, th- then I write the next chapter, and it's like, man, this is, so, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And so, really, really excited about the book. And uh, if you if you like Flim Flam, I believe you're going to like Star Villains even more because uh, it's a celebration of Mississippi State. And uh, there's no controversy. There's no negative stuff. There's nothing, you know, and I know controversy sells, but uh, I think this is going to be something – that I've always really wanted to do. It's one of the things when I first moved to Starkville, I said, you know, I want to get up here and I want to tell our story because there's so many stories about the rivalry that are all written by some old Miss guy, you know. And so there are not a lot of Mississippi State books. And so this is one that I'm really proud of. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to have it. So please, 
go order the Stark Villain gear because once the book comes out, I think everybody's going to want to identify as a Stark Villain. So go get your Stark Villain shirts at StarkVillain.com. Mississippi State Men's Basketball in San Jose, California right now, getting ready to kick off the uh, NCAA Men's Tournament. That'll, that'll take place 627 tonight. That's you know, always subject to change there. Uh, this is going to be a big ball game. We've already seen you know, some, some crazy things happen in the tournament so far. You know, I know everybody loves this time of year. I wanted, to see, I wanted to see more upsets. It's the thing about the first weekend of the tournament is there are so many teams out there, these mid-major teams, that have these program-defining moments. And I don't know you had one yesterday. I don't, I don't know if we really had a huge surprise anywhere in the field. Uh, you know, Minnesota knocks off Louisville. There's the whole subplot with uh, the Rick Patino, the revenge of the Patino family against Louisville. I don't know that that's a huge surprise. My, my honest opinion is I've always felt you know, for years Louisville's kind of been overvalued as a basketball program anyway. Uh, and now that uh, Patino's not there, I expect them to kind of middle of the pack. But uh, Minnesota gets the win there. LSU beats Yale. Yale gave it a go, and I was really pulling for Yale, to be honest with you. Uh, and uh, I'm just not – the way this whole LSU thing has played out, and uh, you can – there's so many – you know, stories you can read about this. But uh, Joe Oliva, LSU Athletic Director, quoted uh, earlier this week about, you know, he said he's told Will Wade, you know, we just want you to tell us the truth, good, bad, or indifferent. And the fact that Will Wade is not willing to sit down with them privately and have an off-the-record conversation and say, look, here's what went on, uh, that's concerning. It really is. And I can understand not making any public declarations that could come back and be an issue for him later as a witness in a criminal trial. But he is not a defendant in this trial. I guess and the fact that he is concerned that he may be uh, is concerning as well. It makes me think, okay, well, maybe there's more to this, which is why he didn't want to talk himself in the corner. One of the things that my dad, Freddie Robertson, used to tell me, and I could probably write a book about all the things my father said, uh, but one of the things that he told me is if you tell the truth, you never have to remember how you told it. And uh, I think that applies to this Will Wade thing. Yeah, the the, the truth is the truth, good, bad, or indifferent. You can't make it any worse than it really is. So either you're guilty or you're not. And, uh, you know, you've probably got an obligation to your employer to tell the truth. And so when I see all this, you know, hashtag free Will Wade, I'm thinking to myself, what are you people smoking? There is no way that you sit here and say, okay, well, we want the guy to coach. Well, it's it's, we put the the, winning above everything else. In, in our society at times, and this is one of those. Will Wade does not deserve to coach. If he is not willing to be forthright with his employer, then he does not deserve the right to go coach. So LSU wins that game, and, and, and I will be honest with you, and I know there's, there may be some LSU friends or whatever listen to the show, I am rooting against LSU every step of the way. I, I do not want to see LSU profit from these ill-gotten gains. I'm not a Pollyanna. I understand how the world works, uh, but I, I just I was really hoping Yale would win the thing. I, I really want this thing to be over quickly. Uh, Auburn struggles yesterday with New Mexico State. And to be honest with you, I'm pulling for New Mexico State in that deal too. Really disappointed to see how that whole thing played out. They should have won the game. Um, it's one of those things, too, you begin to look at our league, and it's like uh, we're better in basketball this year, but it almost has this sleazy feel to it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like the Bruce Pearl thing all happened early on with you know Chuck Pearson and, and uh, you know being being dismissed, and then you get another Auburn assistant that is suspended because of some allegations about some things that may have happened when he was at Penn as far as this um, 
recent FBI probe and the fact that we've got multiple FBI investigations into college basketball, I think, speaks volumes. But, uh, we, you know, it's like, yeah, we're better, but, man, you know, at what price? Murray State knocks off Marquette. That's one of your 12-5 deals. You know, and, I, honestly, I believe that the NCAA Selection Committee probably schedules games that are pretty much from evenly seated teams uh, on the court. They, 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 they listen 12-5 because I think they like that anomaly of the 12-5 thing. It happens every year because I think they make it happen every year. I don't saying they fix the games, but I think there are some teams that are under-seated at 12 that get in there and they get paired up with a five, you know, a middle-of-the-road power five team, and uh, and they get to win there. I, I just, I, you know, I'm, I guess I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart, but that's what I believe. But uh, I really like this Murray State team. I, if, if you're looking for a feel-good story, I'm going to pull for those guys. Uh, Florida wins yesterday, and uh, that'll be interesting seeing them match up with Michigan. I will not be the least bit surprised if Florida upsets Michigan tomorrow. I, I, I won't be. I think Michael White's a great coach, and um, I think it's just going to take some time to kind of get them going. That was a good win for State early on. Uh, Kentucky wins yesterday, and now Kentucky will play Wofford, and, uh, or Wofford. The lovely Mary C. corrected me last time I saw her. It's Wofford, I guess. But uh, Wofford wins the ball game last night uh, against Seton Hall. Uh, Wofford, the better team. And I'll tell you, those guys play basketball the right way. And, and watching them, it is a team game. They always find a way to get open looks, and they knock them down. You know, those guys led Mississippi State uh, pretty substantially at the half, and we fight back to win that ball game. Today will be an entertaining day. Uh, Ole Miss uh, playing Oklahoma, Tennessee plays today, uh, and then, of course, uh, Mississippi State plays tonight. Uh, Paul Jones did a really good job putting together a, a Liberty preview for us. You can go read that for free over on Gene's page. Well, most of our content right now is free outside of recruiting and a couple of opinion pieces. Uh, but we're also running a, a three-for-one special. You buy one month, you get two for free. Uh, some some interesting pricing the first month uh, going down is a dollar. But uh, but all that being said, go by and check that out. But uh, Paul did a good job talking about Quindary Weatherspoon and uh, – We've kind of been preparing for this weekend, as you can imagine. It's big big for us, too. But uh, a lot of people say, well, Steve, you know, Liberty is capable of beating Mississippi State. Well, yes, they are. And Liberty is a team that's won a lot of basketball games. My honest opinion is if Mississippi State, if the good Mississippi State team shows up, I don't even think you need the great Mississippi State team to show up. But if the good Mississippi State team shows up, I think you win this ball game. I think you win it pretty handily. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I think, you know, State will win this thing by double digits. Uh, Lamar Peters is a – let me think here the best way to describe Lamar. Lamar is one of those kind of people that elevates his game on the bigger stages, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I want to be careful what, what terms I throw out there because I don't want there to be any negative connotation in any of that. But he he is just a guy. When the bigger the stage, the bigger his energy level is. And I think that the fact that he has played his whole life to get to the NCAA tournament – I expect a big game from him. Uh, I, I really, really do, and I, I think that I think that the, the the thing you got to manage with him is manage you know his emotions, keep him under control because he is a guy that can take over a game, make everybody better, and uh, I'm interested to see how he plays. I I think we'll get the regular Quindary Witherspoon. I think we'll get the the strong and steady, get to the line, make the tough shot, twenty point eight or nine rebound night from Q. I, I think that's what we're going to get. And I think the difference in this game will boil down to uh, how well State can rebound. Reggie Perry, Robert Woodard II have really come on from Mississippi State. 
and uh, I think we're playing pretty well. Um, you know, we lost a couple of games down the stretch. Of course, you know, Auburn was playing their best basketball of the year. They won the SEC basketball tournament, and we lose to Tennessee. Those are two games you look at and say, okay, at the time, probably two of the better teams in the country. And uh, you could make an argument we probably should have won the ball game at Auburn. But uh, the fact that State was able to kind of play with them down the stretch, uh, I think it's kind of bodes well uh, for tonight. We'll see what happens tonight, and then um, hopefully we'll be able to get into a Sunday ball game and have a chance to get to the Sweet 16. That's one of the things is greatest things were under Rick Stansberry. And I've got a good friend of mine that uh, you know he, he's, he's always so quick to remind. You know, he goes, you know, Steve, the the, the the good days weren't all so good in men's basketball, and uh, and and for a while I didn't like hearing that. You know, it's like, you know, you're just you're just kind of being a hater. You know, you're talking negatively about Rick Stansberry, and I think Rick did a great job when he was here. But the the biggest criticism of Rick Stansberry, when you look back at that era, is we couldn't ever, we could never get out of the first weekend of the tournament. We just never could do it. He was not a great NCAA tournament coach. You had some great teams, and I, and I still go back and think about that 2003 team. We had everything in front of us. We had a, we had basically the cleanest path to the Final Four we'd ever had, and we lose to Butler. We lose to Butler. And listen, all due respect to Butler, but uh, there's no way, athletically, those guys should have been able to run with Derek Zimmerman and Timmy Bowers. We blew it. It's as simple as that. We blew it. Yes, they hit a big shot to beat us, but we blew it. But if you look back over that era, you know, we won the West a few years. We won the SEC Championship in 2004. But we could never get out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. And that was that's one of those things, when you look back, that's the reality of things. And if we want to talk about legacies and we want to talk about championships and we want to talk about postseason play, you know, you make your name in the postseason. And so, in hindsight, if I'm being fair, we were not – as good a basketball program as we should have been, considering the talent available to us at the time. We did not advance in the tournament when we should have. And there's always some guy, you know, you, we talk about Chalmers and, and Xavier, and, 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 you know, there are these people that, that these names that pop up and, and they're buzzwords for us in a negative way because they there's always somebody that seems to have that had that career game against us. I suspect that Ben Howland who is a tried-and-true NCAA tournament coach, a veteran of three Final Fours, Ben will have our guys ready to go. He understands what it takes this time of year. And we're probably a year behind schedule, but we're there now. So I expect State to win tonight, and then we'll see what the matchup looks like on Sunday. But I I will not be the least bit surprised if State advances to the Sweet 16. I don't know if we can get beyond that, because I think that Zion Williamson is a once-in-a-generation type player. And Duke, I'd still love to see the matchup. I still think we got cheated a few years ago. That that gum Sheldon Williams from Duke. We should have beat Duke. They gave they gave the game to Duke. It's the reality of it. But uh, I expect State to win the night and then have a real good chance to win the ball game on Sunday. Uh, but first things first, let's go knock out the Flames. I want to remind you guys too when you're in town, Bulldog Burger Company is absolutely the place to go break bread. It's where the cool kids are. And uh, if you're listening to the show, chances are you're one of the cool kids. We encourage you to go by. And find your new favorites. There's so many great options to choose from. And as I've mentioned on the show many times before, it's not just a burger joint. And, and you know, one of the best things in life as an adult is you get to pick where we go eat, right? And sometimes you need to treat yourself to that great restaurant-quality hamburger. And if you're a little bit health-conscious, you know what? And sometimes you need to have as a cheat day, you know what I'm saying? But if you want to have 
your burger on a uh, gluten-free bun or a wheat bun or no bun at all. You can do that, you know. And so th- the rest of the family doesn't have to, uh, to to eat and live the way you do, but you can be a little health conscious there. But you know what? You can also have that Angry Bird salad. You can have the uh, the Cal State salad. You can have the Sweet Heat chicken sandwich. What we always encourage you, go by and have the spring rolls. They'll make you better looking. It's as simple as that. And listen, some of you guys hadn't had enough spring rolls and it shows. I mean, it really does. It, and I'm, I'm being your friend here. Go get a spring roll and make the world a more beautiful place. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville people go to meet. M-E-A-T. Women's Hoops, we had an opportunity yesterday to spend spend the day pretty much uh, at, at Humphrey Coliseum. Uh, Vic Schaefer talked at, at, at length. And you can read, we've got a game preview up on that. Robbie Falk did a good job getting that together for us. And uh, we've got some other features coming up today. I, I put a video feature up with Jordan Danbury yesterday, you know, talking about kind of flushing the SEC tournament. As great as that moment was to win the SEC tournament, we have moved on from that. And one of the things that I was struck with, I, I videoed uh, Andy Espinosa Hunter. And uh, so we've got, so you, that piece will be up today. And there will be an interview with uh, Andy that David Murray wrote. But inside that, there will also be a video interview that I did with Andy. And uh, you'll appreciate that. But there's a recurring theme with your women's basketball players. And um, they are not content to just make the tournament and then go to the Sweet 16. They're really on a mission to win a national championship. Okay? And so as great as things were in Greenville – at the FCC tournament, that was really just kind of a stop in the journey. That was not a destination point for Mississippi State. We have made some new history, okay? We have moved beyond something we have never done before. We've checked one of those boxes, and now it's time to knock out these first two rounds and then go to Portland and play for some bigger things. But um, there is a um, real confidence and a grit when you talk to these ladies they are not content. They are not happy to have simply been named a one seed. Now, being named a one seed doesn't mean a whole lot if you don't win the tournament. And uh, it's amazing how far our expectations have been elevated in recent years. The fact that we're talking about, you know what, we want to go win an NFL championship. And I tell you, I was walking out yesterday it's after I had uh, completed my interviews, and I'm walking up to, to, to upload the content. And I passed one of our basketball staffers and said, hey, Steve, how are you doing? I said, I'm getting ready to win a championship. And she's like, uh, no pressure, huh? And I said, well, you know, to be honest with you, we've already been to the Final Four, and that's not good enough anymore. And uh, I said, yeah, and I say that kind of lighthearted, but that's kind of the expectation now. And I think in many respects, Vic's kind of a, a victim of his own success, but I have not seen him at one point at any time in his time at Mississippi State ever cower away from expectations. Vic Schaefer wants to win a national championship, is committed to winning a national championship, and is coaching to win a national championship. We are now six wins away from winning a national championship. It's as simple as that. Now, we play the first two games right here, and people say, well, you're going to see, we've got to win the first one, and that's true. But uh, if you have done any research, if Southern is to beat Mississippi State, it would be among the greatest upsets in the history of sport, okay? And all due respect to the Jaguars of Southern, uh, yeah, listen, I'm sure those ladies have worked extremely hard, but there is such an appreciable difference in the talent level Mississippi State should win this game going away, and I, and I suspect that what we'll probably see in that fourth quarter, you'll see Vic empty the bench and have an opportunity to play a lot of people, kind of save our legs a little bit for the tournament and also, too, to get into Sunday because that Sunday game is going to be a, lot more, it's going to be a bigger challenge. Okay, and, then, and that's going to be another it's going to be another late tip, okay, 
but Clemson, South Dakota, both of those teams are capable of playing with Mississippi State. If we don't come to play, we could be upset right here in our own backyard. We're going to get everybody's best shot because everybody understands it is a loser-leaves-town matchup this time of year. And so expect a big game tonight, and we'll see what happens on, on Sunday. And then, But it's one of those things we've kind of expected. It's almost like now that Sweet 16s are kind of a given here. Yeah, I mean, the first time we did it, it was such a huge accomplishment for us, and I still think we got that Coach Fanning Otis and them got absolutely jacked in the uh, Sweet 16 game that year because we didn't have a name. We weren't a blue blood. S- still think that was improper, but all that being said, uh, you know, now, now we've gone a few times, and it's like, okay, we expect to make the Sweet 16 every year because uh, we're trying to win an Apple championship. And uh, it's almost like our fans, it's, we've almost taken it for granted. But I think, let's be honest with ourselves, based on the fact of the team that we have, if we had just returned what we had from a year ago, let's say we bring the team back without Andrew Howard, we don't add Andy Espinosa as an eligible player this year. And I remember thinking, you know what, we might be a Sweet 16 team next year as a transition year. But, but that's not what we have. We do have Andrew Howard one of the most relentless rebounders in the history of the women's game. And then we've got Andy Espinosa-Hunter, who is rounding into that outside three-point shooting threat that we've needed all season long. You know, we had that with Chloe Bibby, and we lose her. But, you know, down the stretch, the last few weeks, Andy has played lights out and uh, had the game of a lifetime against Arkansas in the SC Tournament Championship game. And really, I'm sure there were a lot of people that were scouting Mississippi State that said that's the last thing we need to happen. The last thing we need is for Andy Espinosa Hunter to get going. Because right now you can pack it in, and, and all of a sudden they start able to make shots over a zone, and then you got to get out there and defend that, which opens up more spacing underneath for Tierra McCowan. It opens up more driving lanes for Jasmine Holmes and Jordan Danbury. And so really, State is kind of working towards that big crescendo, to use the, the musical term there. And so we're beginning to play our best basketball beginning to play. Well, I don't even think we've played our best game yet. I think, I think we could see it this weekend, but I think Mississippi State has had some games. Uh, you know, with this, Even in our Arkansas game, we, we scored 101 points there, but there were some times, some lulls offensively, where we took some bad shots and forced some action, didn't play disciplined basketball, but we, we athletically enough, we're gifted enough to overcome that. And so uh, I expect a big, big, big weekend from Tierra McCowan. I don't think there's anybody in the country that can compete with her without the help of the officials. And these NCAA tournament officials, more times than not, they're going to let them play a little bit. And so as long as State gets a good crew, uh, I, I think it's going to be difficult to beat Mississippi State. I, I think at this point, the, the team that scares me is Miami because of the fact that they, they'll have plenty of time to prepare. I am sure right now the folks at Miami, that they've got some – GA somewhere breaking down film and looking for tendencies, and they'll they'll begin scouting for us, and, and we're doing the same thing for them. Uh, Vic Schaefer is the, uh, the the Secretary of Defense. He will find a way, uh, but that Miami team they're up and down a little bit, but they've got some they got some big skins on the wall, and so they scare me more than Oregon does. But we got to win it this weekend to get there, and that's just Miami. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to see Miami or Oregon upset along the way before we get there? Uh, I know people say, well, you know, I want to play them at their best. I don't really care. I, I don't care who's – I just want to win. It doesn't make any difference to me. I don't care about lowering the hurdles or raising the hurdles or, or having to pay the, the higher toll. You know what, that's the, that's the thing about this time of year. 
everybody benefits the game benefits from upsets and if somebody along the way in our past stumbles and uh, makes it an easier path for us then I'm all about that I, I don't I don't have to take the hard road I don't have to go beat three number ones to go beat a national championship I just want to win six games and hoist a trophy uh, and go buy a t-shirt and get, get a tattoo and call it a day Mississippi State baseball in action this weekend. Huge, huge, huge series with Auburn coming in. And big news out of the Plains yesterday. Uh, Auburn coach Butch Thompson met with the media and let them know that uh, Saturday's daughter, Jack Owen, did not travel with the team. He is out. Uh, left last Saturday's game, and I learned some of this at Samford on on Wednesday, uh, speaking with some folks there that uh, closely follow uh, college baseball in the state of Alabama. They said that last weekend that Owen left the mound with a uh, mysterious illness and that uh, Auburn had been um, somewhat guarded in their commentary about him. He is now out. Uh, Owen 3-0 and on the year with a 0.31 ERA. And so Thompson has announced basically that they're going to throw Tanner Burns tonight and then it's TBA the rest of the weekend. Even mentioned that uh, by the time they get into Saturday, it might be a Johnny Holstaff day. Maybe six or seven guys, and then they'll kind of figure it out. And, uh, you know, this is big for State. You know, like kind of to echo that same sentiment we just had, you know, listen, I don't, I don't care if Auburn has to come out there and throw it underhanded. I, I just want to go win the baseball game. I, I, I don't care about everybody else's problems. I, I don't need everybody else to be at their best in order for me, for me to feel good about our team. Injuries are part of the game. Staying healthy is part of the game because I can assure you – Two years ago, when Mississippi State basically had six pitchers to work with, there was nobody in, in college baseball feeling sorry for Mississippi State. Nobody said, well, hey, listen, listen, Coach Canizaro, since you guys are struggling so much in the bullpen, how about we just throw a freshman today to kind of even up things? No, nobody did that. That's not how life works. And so I hope that uh, Jack Owen makes a full recovery. And uh, after this weekend, hope he does great and hope uh, things are wonderful for him and he goes on to a, uh, a Major League Baseball career. But this weekend, I want Mississippi State to sweep Auburn. That's what I want. You know, people say, well, I just want to go win the series. I don't, I don't want to just go win the series. I want to sweep Auburn and then go 5-1 and one, be, be five and one, and be chasing an SEC championship in a top eight national seed. That's what I want. And I hope that's what you want. And I'm not going to apologize for Mississippi State's success. There's some people out there, and I get tired of it. I really do. There's some people out there that want to apologize. When something good happens to state, we feel the need to have to go apologize or to discount our own accomplishment and saying, well, yeah, you know, we did beat UConn, but uh, it was just kind of a lucky shot. No, 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 it was not. No, it wasn't a lucky shot. It was the most epic shot in the history of women's college basketball because it ended the streak. It slayed the dragon. It avenged that ridiculous, was a 66-point loss the year before when UConn ran us up and down the field at the court and made us realize that we weren't there yet. It's a program-defining moment for us and loss. But these, these things begin to happen and say, well, you know, yeah, we, we beat them, but their quarterback wasn't 100%. You know, that, that kind of, listen, stop the madness. Our, our fans have got to stop excusing Mississippi State's success. We have to stop discounting our success. The bottom line is we're going to go win a football game. You know, I, I can tell you when we should have won the SEC with Sleepy Robinson – and he gets his knee blown up on a cheap shot against Florida. Nobody came back after the fact and said, well, you know, listen, Mississippi State deserved to win this year. Let's just go give them the trophy. That didn't happen. That's the thing about athletics. It's not about, you know, who, who has the most talented roster in the preseason. It's about who goes out and wins the ball games. If you guys want to be major in matters of opinion, then you need to go be an Ole Miss fan. 
because they're great at all that sort of stuff. They're great about the things that aren't quantified with a scoreboard. We've got the best this, the best that, you know, the things that are matters of opinion. You know, I want I to deal in, in, ter- in literal terms where, you know, what we scored the most points. Not where, well, we scored the most points, but they, th- their feelings were hurt that day. They didn't have Wheaties for breakfast. They had Fruit Loops and, and, and had an upset stomach. Or they're a Powerade team. We forced them to drink Gatorade or whatever. That's kind of, it's just so stupid. And so this whole deal with Auburn, uh, we'll have Ethan Small and Tanner Burns tonight. And uh, two of the better pitchers in the conference, Tanner Burns 3-0 with a 0.554 ERA, 24 strikeouts and 19 innings pitched. And that sounds really good. And then you compare it to Ethan Small, 51 strikeouts and 30 innings pitched. I'm picking Small, okay? Auburn offensively, too, is not the team Mississippi State is. If we win this ball game tonight, I expect us to win the series and possibly sweep the whole deal. Uh, this is a big moment for them. I don't know that they're quite ready for this. And it's one of those things, too, we've got so much going on on campus. I th- our, our crowd will probably be good. We'll probably be even better on Saturday. And so – Hopeful that you guys can come out and join us and, and take part in the festivities because this is a huge, huge, huge series. Had a chance yesterday to uh, attend Mississippi State f- football media opportunity and uh, spoke with Coach Marcus Johnson. You'll be able to see that video in its entirety uh, on jeanspage.com, uh, also a free video. But uh, Marcus, I asked him specifically about a couple of guys. You know, the state is, is replacing. Elton Jenkins, Deion Calhoun, who will be back on campus next week for Pro Day. And Marcus tells me he can't wait to see him. Said he's been keeping tabs on him. And um, I'll tell you, when State hired Marcus Johnson, there were so many people that said, well, you know, he's an old Miss guy and he was at Duke and he didn't have SEC experience. But I'll tell you, I thought that guy really earned his wings last year, uh, not just as a coach, but as a recruiter. And uh, he says that, you know, that Dion and, and Elton stay in regular contact with him. They can let him know what's going on with him. And he's been through this whole process. And uh, he's very excited for those guys and uh, starting to get a lot of calls, get a lot of calls from, you know, from cross-checkers and people affiliated with the draft and kind of getting information. And, and uh, you know, he believes that these Elton Jenkins and Dion Calhoun have a chance to play football for a long time. Uh, but we, we talked about what's to come for Mississippi State. And, um he kind of he kind of giggled to himself, and he goes, "Man, these kids come back and tell me, hey, coach, Charles Cross is just different." And he goes, "What you mean he's different?" I said, "I don't know. He's just different." And what they mean by different is he's a special player, and uh, he's got a real chance. And and uh, to see Marcus talk about that kid, you can just see his face light up, uh, thinking about what a great addition he is to our team. Uh, and so, yeah, we expect him to play this year. I don't know if he plays beyond the four games. I don't know if you want to spend a year of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know if you want to uh, to waste a year of eligibility if you can't get more than four games out of him. But uh, if he is truly a special player, I, I think he makes things awfully interesting for you. Uh, he, and Marcus also made mention, too, I asked him specifically about Tyree Phillips because uh, I was told during his redshirt year that Tyree was among the best linemen we had and certainly among the best tackles. And uh, he made mention that Tyree is a guy that while he wasn't listed as a starter on paper, he, he and Greg Allen played about the same number of staff snaps. And so he's moved over to right tackle, and uh, big stew sliding inside. And, and, uh, and so there's some transition there, but he feels like we have addressed our needs. Darrell Williams at center, and uh, Darian Parker still kind of holding things down at guard, holding off Michael Story. And I think that might be a bit of an upset. Uh, you know, Mike, I thought was might be a little bit better athlete 
than Parker. I've always liked Parker's nastiness. You know what I'm saying? If, if that's the right term there, he's a real physical player that uh, once he figures out that he can dominate the men across from him, he will plow them in the ground. And um, Mike is a guy that can Mike get out and move a little bit better, just a shade better. But uh, Parker holding down that spot. And so when you begin to think about it, you know, you got Greg Allen, Stuart Reese, Darrell Williams at center, Darian Parker, and then Tyree Phillips. And those are five guys that played a lot of snaps for Mississippi State last year. Yes, we still got to get the snapping things situated. But, you know, we had that deal last year. You know, Elton Jenkins, as Marcus Johnson said it, you know, uh, Elton Jenkins snaps were all over the place in the spring. And then by the time we got in the season, things were good to go. Uh, and, you know, Darrell was signed to play center. And uh, he's a guy that's kind of cut his teeth as offensive guard. I think it's going to make him an even better player. Uh, but excited about all of that. And uh, had a chance to speak with some other players. Uh, your new coaches, very well received. I won't quote players because, you know, it wasn't a formal interview, just kind of in passing. Uh, I spoke to one of the receivers really loves Michael Johnson. Said that uh, Mike is a technician, guy that's been in the game for a long time, and said he's been able to kind of simplify some things, uh, to kind of make some things that are a little more complex, easier to understand. Uh, they really like him. And, 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 I'll, and I'll be honest with you, the consensus that I get from speaking to offensive players yesterday is it's going to boil down to quarterbacks. It's as simple as that. They feel really good about running backs. Nick Gibson's having a good spring. Colin Hill was being Colin Hill. Offensive line is being good. Receivers seem to be doing okay. Uh, and that, that's going to be, you know, that if that group can step up and help the quarterbacks, it's going to be big. But that's really the issue is what's going to happen with the quarterbacks. This team will go as far as the quarterbacks can take us. We're a bowl team. But how good a bowl team will, will be determined by – the quality of our quarterback play. Uh, a lot of talk from offensive players that the defense remains outstanding and that Lee Autry has kind of stepped up and become a guy there in the middle. Fabian Lovett, the names you know. The names that we're needing to step up and play defensive tackle are doing so. Now, granted, we're just putting the pads on now, and uh, there's still a lot of practices to go. You know, We'll be back out there on Tuesday and have a chance to kind of observe some. Uh, but the bottom line is this, is that uh, the the early reports are favorable. One of the things that, like last year, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, what are we going to do? You know, wide receiver, do we take a big jump? And, and there were some there were some question marks, even early in the spring, about you know wide receiver. We we thought that WAP was coming along. You know, we knew Stephen Gidry was out during the spring, and then we had some other guys that uh, we were hopeful. Uh, we're going to take a step forward, but in the spring, there were just as many questions about there other than WAP. And then, of course, WAP doesn't play a whole lot. But uh, that's kind of how it looked in the spring is that, you know, WAP was running a lot of a lot with the ones, and we thought he had a real chance to play. But so this time, this go-around, after a few practices in, there's really not that same level of question mark at receiver. I think, I think right now guys are thinking, okay, Austin Williams is doing – is improving – Dedrick Thomas, that's a name that I continue to hear when I talk to people about you know, guys that are making a jump. Dedrick Thomas's name comes out. And you know, Dedrick has been a solid, solid performer for State. Uh, but, you know, this is the money year for him. And so and I think that he has a chance to really break out and do some big things. Uh, Osiris Mitchell uh, looks good. Spoke with him briefly yesterday, too. Excited about what that group can be. Uh, but we need somebody to step up and be that difference maker within the group. And at this point, I don't know that that's happened. And that's the, the big concern, I guess, kind of moving forward. Uh, when you've got a quarterback competition, 
and you've got you know kind of you, you kind of don't have that incumbent starter that's there got to be some receivers to kind of step up and help that that situation somebody's got to step up and make a play and uh eager to see what this team looks like in that first scrimmage i think that's you know, scrimmages are scrimmages and the, the first one's always the roughest one but I'm, I'm eager to see the effort level at receiver because there were times that i think that's where we have kind of struggled is we've had some ability but there have there have been some guys that have kind of struggled with the ability to just simply go make a play when you got to make a play. Uh, that being said, there have been a couple times where we, we go out of the spring and we think, man, this kid's going to play, and then, and then the season comes and he disappears. But that, that's kind of where we are with all that right now. I feel pretty good about the direction of things. Uh, and, and, and talking to our coaches, I think everybody's just kind of happy to be back out there, happy to be back out there. It's kind of a new-look staff, but uh, a lot of activity out there. And uh, you know, speaking with, with, with Marcus Johnson, you know, I think he's more comfortable having had a year now to kind of understand what it takes to recruit to Mississippi State and, and uh, to kind of get to know Joe Moorhead and kind of learn the nuances of the offense. I, I, that's been a big part of things. And uh, I think so one of the things I thought was really interesting, too, talking to uh, Andrew Briner a little bit yesterday, uh, you might have missed this, but Mississippi State earlier this week added uh, John Woley to uh to the staff john was the linebackers coach at uconn also on staff at fordham with briner and joe moorhead and so he's come back as a consultant and basically his role is going to be this is that while he is a defensive-minded coach he is going to be in the offensive room and what that means is is he is going to do a lot of self-scouting that he will watch what mississippi state is doing on film and break it down and kind of let our offensive coaches know, okay, well, here's what the defense is going to think when they see this. When they see this formation, this alignment, this personnel grouping, here's what we're thinking. And so they're going to use that to kind of, you know, tweak some things offensively to kind of keep the defense guessing. So that's kind of the role that he'll take there as a consultant. And uh, so kind of getting the band back together, as Briner said. You're kind of getting some guys back that uh, – that uh, did Joe trust, and uh, with so many new guys on staff, you know I'm eager to see how this group meshes. But uh, you have some very talented coaches, some guys that have been around, and uh, I continue to hear such great things about Chris Marv and what a great addition he was, and uh, how he and Bob Shoup had always talked about working together. Now they have that opportunity, and how grateful they are to uh, to be together. And I think that that that's a personnel group where Chris Marv can look like a star pretty quickly. Uh, because you've got some guys out there that they can really play. Uh, so excited about what is to come and uh, excited to be back with you guys on Monday. When we get together on Monday, men's basketball season will either be over for Mississippi State or we will be preparing for a Sweet 16. Very happy with what we've accomplished so far, but I, you know, going over the tournament, I, I think that's going to leave a sour taste in people's mouth. And if we could somehow get to the Sweet 16, I think people will consider this season a uh, rousing success. On Monday, we'll be able to discuss uh, what's next for the women's tournament. And uh, there will be some upsets in that bracket. There's there's probably, um, in those mid-seeds, there's probably some teams out there that are a lot more evenly matched than uh, than the seeding would probably indicate. Uh, so I'm eager to see how the bracket looks after the weekend. This needs State to kind of hold serve and, and get through the weekend, and we'll see how things look. Baseball's big. Just, I mean, just think about this. If Mississippi State can have a, have the series we hope they can have, Mississippi State could be number one in the country next week. That's how big this weekend is. That's, it's a huge, huge weekend. And you got all kind of events. It's almost like Super Bulldog weekend uh, hype session. You know, we're kind of repping, preparing for that. 
Uh, but folks, that's going to do it for today. Remind you again, please, please, please solicit our sponsors. Uh, there's so many people out there that uh, have been so great to send their pictures. I, I've had people send me pictures of them with Stan Ray at, at Campus Bookmark. They'll tweet me and say, hey, I met Stan the man. And Stan is a great guy. And, and you'll probably see Stan out at Dirty Noble Field this weekend because he's Bulldog, okay? Uh, the same with the folks at Bulldog Burger Company. This is a great restaurant. It's part of a great family of restaurants. Names you know. Uh, people you can trust that are, that are committed to our community and committed to your university, and uh, and so go by, hang out, get to know them. And uh, another big thing happened today too, and I would be remiss. And those of you that know me uh, know that if I don't talk about this, it's a problem. The number one album in the country right now, number one album in the country on iTunes. You want to take a guess at what it is? It's the new The Motley Crew, The Dirt motion picture soundtrack. The Dirt biopic is out today on Netflix. Go watch it. Go uh, download the new tracks. Uh, a couple of them I really like a lot. A couple of them kind of having to grow on. Our, one of the weird things is Motley Crue covered Madonna's Like a Virgin uh, from 84. And uh, it's really kind of catchy. And uh, it's I never thought I would see that coming. But um, go check it out. The Dirt, number one album in the world right now on iTunes. Uh, and my hope is that uh, with Bohemian Rhapsody and now the dirt out there that we're about to see a new renaissance of, uh, of rock music because we could certainly use it because music for the most part is uh, is stale and uh, we need uh, something new and fresh. Maybe we'll talk about that on Monday. But anyway, it's uh, great to have everybody here. Look forward to seeing everybody out at the dude. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. <laughs>